0: Welcome to the 33rd meeting of Junto Club. We return after over a month off thanks to Matt's travel and my COVID. On this episode, we talk about Shu's soon-to-be gambling addiction, the Dave Chappelle controversy, and Matt's experience at the DARPA Subterranean Challenge. For any questions, comments, or if you'd like to rant on something important to you, email juntoclubpodcast at gmail.com. This is Junto Club.
1: Junto Club. All right. Welcome to the 33rd meeting of the Junto Club on October 24th, 2021. Uh, the Junto Club is based on a club Benjamin Franklin organized uh, a long time ago, where he had a group of his friends meet to discuss things like science and philosophy, business and politics and such. So, you know, kind of learn from each other and prove themselves. So, we're sort of doing a similar idea where we, we try to bring topics to discuss amongst ourselves, learn a little bit, you know, give us a reason to go read up on things, uh, you know, to try to have an interesting conversation and improve ourselves a little bit. So that's basically what we do. Today, we're going to have several smaller topics, and then we're going to talk about a recent DARPA robotics competition. And I think that's it. Now, uh, Shu, do you have our, you know, normal Ben Franklin quote to start us off with? Of
2: Of course. Alright. um today's quote is quote of learned fools I have seen ten times ten. Of unlearned wise men I have seen a hundred. End quote. Do I need to repeat that? I think no. I feel I, I feel I have a trouble with the word fools.
3: Okay. So.
1: I think I got it. So, I mean, out. it's the same number, right? So, that's, like, yes. the thing. So, he's saying there's as many people who are, like, book smart, but maybe co- you would say common sense stupid, as there I are mean, people I, who maybe didn't get an education, but are actually pretty, you know, clever. I can you see mean that. Learn,
2: learn fools? Uh, people are educated?
1: I imagine he's talking about, yeah, people who are, like, educated, but... Mm you know, not that smart. Well, a lot of people would say would be like book smart, but not
0: common sense smart.
3: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Now, I like that interpretation because, yeah, I mean, spe- especially because it's like learned fools 10 times 10. So it's like they would be the ones who are, you know, math smarter, you know, like it would do the arithmetic and then unlearned wise men. I have seen a hundred. So it's a good one. I well, vote for the math- point,
2: though. What's he trying to say? What's, but what's still? What's the point? Like ten times ten, yeah, it's a hundred, and then a hundred is the same. So I guess what's the point of him saying that though? Like if he just tried it, to point out that it's, you know they he has seen the same amount of them.
1: Yeah, I think he's trying to say they're both common, but like in a clever way, right? Like it, rather than just saying mm. it directly, or you know.
2: Okay. Mm, okay. All right, then. This is an easy one this week. <laughs> All right, it seems nice. like a
1: very direct. Sometimes, you know, you bring some weird stuff where, like, we have no idea, but...
2: Hmm. Okay. It's direct to you, but it wasn't, like, I was confused. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? 10 times 10 is 102, and then the other one's 100, and then... So...
3: Mm-hmm.
2: All right, then. Let's get into <clears throat> other topics. So... What should we start with?
0: Dave Chappelle.
2: Dave Chappelle? No. We, no. We'll save you for later. Okay,
0: okay. All right. Well, you do your mini-topic show.
2: All right, then let's start with something controversial. Like, have you guys heard of the Truth Social app?
0: The True Social app or Truth? Truth. Is that Trump's social media?
2: Yeah. May you nothing? you have not heard of it?
0: Oh, I mean I
1: heard that he made his own and then it was like flooded with spam. I didn't I didn't know the name of it.
2: It's got truth. Everything okay. capitalized.
1: Okay, okay. It's called Wait, truth every social. every tweet is all caps? You can't type in lar caps.
2: No no no, no. the truth, the name the truth, I mean it's all capitalized. Yeah. <laughs> okay,
3: okay.
2: <laughs> <But> <laughs> you guys, yeah, t- do you you guys you guys have any thoughts?
3: All
1: I heard was it was supposed to be, like, all about free speech, right? They're like, we're not going to have moderation because he was mad about being, like, banned from Twitter. And then some people just, like, went on and spammed it with a bunch of stuff.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, to be honest, I guess I just don't I, – I mean, I, I don't care. I, uh, you know, I, I mean, I guess, like, I'm all for not censoring speech and letting people – Pick out what ideas they agree with and they think are stupid, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like I feel like there's been so many, you know, companies that are just like, you know, we want to give people a platform, and you know, they all do it in different ways, and I guess if it works for certain people, good, but I don't know. I probably will not be making an account. I have a Twitter Mm. that I just use to follow celebrities.
2: So, (laughs) (laughs) who who celebrity you follow?
0: Me, I mean, I follow comedians. I follow just like it, just I, I random. I don't know if I follow actors, but I I mean, I follow comedians. Mm. But, uh, and I follow. You don't,
2: you don't follow Taylor Swift.
0: I, of course, I follow Taylor Swift, but she doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't tweet very often. She only. I mean, at this point, she really only tweets like when she has a release. Mm. All
1: right, hold up. Why are you bringing this up now, Shu? Because wasn't this made months ago?
2: No, you just released like. Oh no! Reason is because it went, the company went public, mm. and you know what happened, right? It go from it starting IP, is ten dollars per share, right?
1: I'm gonna assume it went down.
2: <laughs> guess the price two days later, on Friday.
1: Alright, you guess first, Mike. One fifty. I was thinking seventy okay. cents.
2: Seventy cents. It's
1: 109. Really? Oh, well, way (laughs) off.
0: Okay. Yeah. I would have thought it went down.
2: Wait, wait, Mike, you were saying $1.50.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I thought, like, I literally, like, I thought you were implying it went down. So I was just like, oh, well, if it went down, it had to go down a lot. So, okay, well is that uh, that's interesting because normal i feel like normally companies like when they go public they'll have like a huge day one and then that'll be like the highest it is for years is like when they first no, d- it
2: depends on the, it depends on the stock like this yeah. is almost very similar to GameStop. stuff i
0: was right? gonna say you
1: think yeah. this is not because people think this is gonna be like the next big social media platform but kind of like politically motivated yes
2: <laughs> it is political motivated. It's people, investors are betting on Trump's brand, right? Mm-hmm. So people are going to actually tune in and use it, and then maybe we'll go out in the future. So now, now I think Wall Street Wall Street, bets also uh, did something about it too. I'm not sure. But yeah, it's very similar ideas. Like, actually, like two days, like you got 10 times, right? Like almost like a thousand, I guess, uh, a thousand percent. And even on Friday, I think they have to pause the trading because it was going too crazy. <laughs> yeah.
3: So, yeah. Uh,
0: I guess good for Trump.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's he. I think the, the, the company is worth like a few billion dollars now, maybe even $10 billion. Mm.
3: So.
2: so, so the reason actually went there's a Something about the, the way they went with public is uh, so there's a three, to, it's called SPAC, as special uh, purpose acquisition vehicle. Mm-hmm. Basically, uh, it's a shell company, right? A blank check. So people just form someone just, I, I think the Trump organization with others, they form a shell company. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then they just start basically to get investors to basically like regular investor can pile in investing, right? Even though they don't have any any really technology right now, 'Cause when they do they they just uh, when they did the technology they they just basically copies another social uh, app's code, right? Source code and then just to almost like just publish it back. And then that's why it's still in beta mode right now, actually, yeah. So mm. it's an open source code, right? You can just like copy like fork it, basically, that's what they did. Right. So yeah.
1: And then they made millions and millions from investors.
2: Yeah, but right now that means you know, that means that right now they don't actually need to build anything. All they need to do is go and buy uh, maybe a company that does the stuff for you, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe I mean spec is like uh, there's three three way going public. Right, one is like IPO, like traditional IPO, where you have a rigorous process to extend your bank account, all the other stuff, and then there's a direct listing, and this one spec spec is very much questionable right now. So a lot of people are losing money on the spec. It's really, very, very risky, but yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Anyway. So yeah, sign up using it. Maybe you will test it out. We cannot sign it. You, you cannot sign it right now. It's testing phase. But some people get actually, as you mentioned earlier. some people actually hacked into it and got access. Actually, someone actually created a Donald J. Trump handle on the app and then post pictures of, like, the de- 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 deprecating, like, pig. Like, post mm. those pictures. Like Yeah, so, anyway. <laughs> stuff like that. Well,
1: I don't even have a Twitter account, so I don't think I'm going to make <laughs> a uh, account on the Trump's Twitter clone, but...
0: Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm all for, like, a company, you know, allowing for just, like, absolute free speech. But it's, you know, I mean, I don't say anything that controversial so okay <laughs> I,
2: okay I all right then so. sounds all good right. it just to me to me it's interesting because of the the way they rate they went public and then how how much people are still like buy, actually buying to it and then it might still he might still go out next week so maybe i get a share or maybe 10, i put maybe i put 10 dollars in to see what happens
1: i don't know this is starting to feel like a scam to me but yeah. this is, wouldn't yeah. it be the first time people have used like the Trump brand to get money and then just walked away with money. Well
2: it's possible. Possible.
1: What was it? There was that Kickstarter for like or go fund or there's some online funding thing to like help fund the wall. And then they just like hmm. took like a it was in the tens of thousands of dollars. Like it wasn't I don't think it was like crazy amount, but they got random people to like send them money for it and they just walked away because like in their terms are like we don't have to actually use this. I think that's how the was, story went.
2: Was Trump involved? I don't think Trump
1: was involved. I think they were just oh. some random people put it up, said like, "Oh, support this," you know, got people mm. to donate.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. But for in this case, I mean, Trump Organization is involved, right? His, oh yeah. His son is in charge of the you know, technology. They found a new basic company doing that. But...
1: Well, I'm guessing. I mean, I guess they probably will actually run like a social media service, right? So in that sense, mm. I don't think it's like a like a complete scam, but I'd be, mm. you know, if the if the price had already shot up, does that is that actually a good investment? I mean, $10 is $10, right? Like, who really cares? But mm. seems, uh, you know, dubious.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, some people made a lot of money on GameStop. Others lost a lot of money on GameStop, but <laughs> yeah. never don't know. Sounds good. All right. What's your next topic, Shu? Oh,
2: that's, I think we go to Mike's page. Chappelle? Alright, I've been
1: seeing more stuff about, you know, people mad at him, people supporting him.
0: Alright, I guess I can give a little bit of an in- sort of overview. Um, I, So, I mean, really the controversy with Dave Chappelle started with his, uh, I mean, I think it's been a sort of a, a long, like decades long, or at least decade long, uh, sort of uh, issue, like with between him and the, uh, sort of gay and trans communities, but, cause he, like, in his specials, he's made, like, lots of, you know, gay jokes and trans jokes, I mean, I guess it was most acute, though, in recent memory with his last special, he came under a lot of fire, for, uh, like, because he made, you know, a lot of gay jokes and sort of trans jokes, and some people were, like, uh, like oh i i've read one review that was of his previous special that was just very much like oh you know like dave Chappelle is like above this and uh basically like he yeah like because he made jokes sort of like oh i miss like i miss bruce jenner so like something like yeah like he did use the dead name of bruce jenner mm-hmm. and he uh Like, basically said, like, oh, like, guys go and get their dicks cut off. And, like, it's sort of, you know, I mean, it's not necessarily groundbreaking material. Like, so... So do you have an
2: example
0: of what he said? Well, I mean, that's literally what I was doing. Like, he...
2: Oh, no, no, in a special. In a special. In a Netflix special.
0: Right. Well, that's what I mean. So this was his previous special. So, I mean, he signed, like, I can't remember if it was a four or five stand-up deal with Netflix. So he's come Mm. out with, like, tons of specials in the last, like, three to four years. So Mm. his last special got, like, tons of controversy. Like, or it came under a lot of controversy, I should say, from, like, you know, the gay, gay, lesbian, trans communities, because he made lots of jokes about Mm. those communities. So, uh, So basically, this special, honestly, I felt like a lot of it was more serious than most Dave Chappelle specials. Like, cause he was addressing that controversy.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
0: and, and I mean, like, and so, I mean, I f- felt like a lot of it, like honestly, like the last 20 to 30 minutes was just like, almost like a dead, like a dedication to like a trans woman who he had taken under his wing. Mm-hmm. And he had, a, he had like let her open for him um in san francisco because she was like wanted to be a stand-up comedian and uh basically she uh like had bombed for 40 minutes and he's like i'm gonna like mentor you and like off stage she he talked about how good how funny wa- she was how quick she was and she had defended him when this controversy emerged like from the previous special And like online, like she was online bullied to the point she killed herself. That was like the shocking, like sort of end of the special, you know? So like I say, it was, it was relatively serious, but I mean, he, of course, in his discussion of like, you know, how the gay community doesn't like him, the les, you know, gay lesbian community doesn't like him, the trans community doesn't like him, like because of his, like, him discussing that on a stand-up special he's of course sort of inserting some punchline type jokes in there like it wasn't like i mean you can say they were funny or they weren't but um you know he's trying to be funny throughout most of it i mean there are a couple moments where i think he's literally just like talking almost like doing a pseudo apology in a way or a pseudo like not necessarily apology. I don't because I don't think he was trying to apologize, but sort of uh, trying to sort sort of frame himself as less of a, I guess, enemy of those communities than um, mm. you know uh, they paint him to be. So, mm. so I guess that's really the controversy. I mean, he uh, and I, I mean the Netflix, uh, what well, like the head at Netflix has defended him. Uh, or mm-hmm. basically saying that we support artists' free speech, and uh, like even though there was a walkout uh, at Netflix, he has said basically he wants to hear out their concerns, but he has no intention, and he doesn't believe there's anyone even really calling for like the removal of the special from the service or anything like that.
2: Mm. How big is the the real? How big the controversial controversy really is?
0: Well, I mean, I've heard a lot about it. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I certainly. I'm b- exactly,
2: I'm saying maybe. I'm saying that maybe media is just overblowing these things.
0: Ah, uh, I mean, I mean, I guess maybe because because media
2: is tending against like, I feel like the whole culture, the whole culture is turning against cancel culture. No. So anything like relating to cancel culture is almost like being overblown now. Everybody is almost piling in. Mm -hmm. maybe i'm not sure
0: um i mean i uh, it's hard to say because i i mean i don't like i feel like both sides like are like i feel like definitely there was a time where the right accused the left of being like censoring and trying to like you know, cancel them and like, like policing speech and trying to like take people's careers away based on what they've said. At this point, mm-hmm. I feel like both sides are pretty guilty of a lot, and I don't mm-hmm. know how much cancel culture. I mean, maybe cancel culture is going away, but I don't necessarily think that's the case. But mm-hmm. I mean, because
2: in the protest, because I, I, I think some people protest like actually a lot of like maybe Netflix people actually. Protests outside the headquarters, maybe, Mm -hmm. right? But there's only like two dozen, a few dozen people, like protests, really. So, right.
0: Well, I guess, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't necessarily shock me. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, uh, like, like I say, I mean, because Netflix, I believe, like, are part of the demands of the protesters and stuff. Were like money for like creators who come from different like underrepresented communities and stuff like that and i think netflix already designates money in those areas and mm-hmm. I, I feel like netflix gives i i mean that's sort of what the ceo was saying in his interview i'm pretty sure was basically like we give a lot of different types of people a lot like a big platform and big voices so mm. basically I, it's hard for like me to say like we like we're giving a voice to a hateful person and uh you know like targeting different
2: communities if we leave this special up. So what's what's he well and he's so okay, so in his special, right, he has he has some, what's his main main message in uh besides making fun of like trans people, right? So what's his main message?
0: Well, I mean, I, I don't think he has, like, a main message. I, I see that, okay, I, in all honesty, like, the controversy that's here, uh, I didn't even really want to focus on it, because it's, like, but it, the larger point I want to make, and really the point that I think a lot of people have made already, is, this is mm. a stand-up comedy special. Like,
3: yeah,
0: I don't care what he says. I either laugh or mm. I don't.
3: <laughs> like, mm.
0: Like he can <laughs> say whatever he wants, I either laugh or I don't, and that should be okay. the beginning and end of any stand-up comedy special.
3: Okay. Hmm.
0: So, um, yeah. So basically, uh, I so I mean he makes jokes because like the star Star Trek guy, like George Takei or whatever, like, like however you pronounce his last name, like he came out and tweeted something about like oh, like, if Dave Chappelle had made jokes about Jewish people, like, this wouldn't be... And, like, one of his recurrent jokes throughout the special was about Jewish people. Hmm. So it's, like... like, So clearly a lot of people are just piling on this and, like, haven't even seen the special. So... Hmm. But, I mean, because he, pr- he targets pretty much ever. Like, I don't know that there's anyone he necessarily, like, leaves out that's, like, super glaring. So mm-hmm. and I and I don't even know that I like I, I laughed out loud maybe two or three times. Right? It was not like his, in my opinion, it was not his greatest work. But it's just more. It's
2: controversial in itself.
0: Yes, that's right. I mean, it, well, I don't know that it is because I think a lot of people are just like it was like it was whatever, but. I mean, I guess the point that's been made time and again by many comedians is just, like, we're comedians, like, our job is to make you laugh. Like, beginning and end. Like, if Mm -hmm. we we talk about, like, a socially controversial topic and don't make you laugh, then we're not hateful, we're not anything else. You just didn't find it funny. Go away. Like, Mm. and that's And I know that a lot of people have different opinions saying like they have, you know, a big platform or, you know, uh, that like their jokes normalize hate or whatever else they might say. But I mean, as someone who likes gallows humor and has a reasonably dark sense of humor, I basically think if it's said in the context of a like, uh, like in a standup show, like if it's said on a comedy stage, I tend to side with the comedian and you know Mm. they can basically say what they want if it's in trying to make a like trying to make something sort of formed as a joke
2: Matt you have any thoughts
1: slightly tangential but do you all feel like Mm. I kind of feel like maybe cancel culture is getting to be like a more clear line in the sand because I think you were saying like earlier like there's kind of like is cancel culture going away or being pushed back but I still hear about cases where like, you know, someone starts yelling racial slurs at someone on the street and someone videos them, right? And then they lose their job like the next day, mm. which you could argue is the same thing. And then, but most people are like, okay, yeah, that's kind of reasonable. But then, mm. but I also, it also seems like there's a pushback for stuff like, like Dave Chappelle's skits and stuff aren't going to be taken down, right? So maybe we're kind of like the initially it was a bit more chaotic and we're starting to kind of Come up with a more clear line of like, hey, this is acceptable, this is not. Like, there's a boundary of how far you can push something.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I guess the line may be getting clearer, or just maybe just more expected. Like, when someone does something, you're like, fired, oh, so fired. Whereas before, it may have been like, are they going to be fired? Aren't they going to be fired? But like,
3: mm-hmm. so
0: I mean, we may be getting a clearer line, and people do... I I I I still think like that line should be. Maybe explicitly spelled out. I mean, there are, you know, like certain things where it's like, okay, yes, that's, you know, like inciting violence. Okay. You know, yeah, I think that's li- li- pretty much spelled out in law, but uh. I guess there's other things that, uh, maybe like, I guess, uh, like, for example, another controversial figure is like Alex Jones, right? I mean, uh. so like he has, uh, and I, 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 I think he fucked up badly uh yeah sort of at the right after the Sandy Hook controversy like you know so he seemed to suggest that it was like staged or whatever which was idiotic but like I don't know that like I obviously have never watched anything of his but I don't know that he ever explicitly said anything to like incite like violence or hate towards like the parents of the kids who died But, Mm -hmm. like, his followers, like, sort of started, like, harassing them and shit. And, like, Mm -hmm. he has lost, like, everything. Like, I think he very recently they ruled he could, like, he was liable for, like, you know, like, they could Mm -hmm. shoot the shit out of him. So, Mm -hmm. it's, like, something like that, I guess. It's just, like, the speech is terrible, Mm
3: -hmm. but
0: it's, like, at what point does speak? like, at what point is it, like... Are human are we like these humans are so stupid you can't even like suggest something that's like totally outrageous and I, I I guess I just I don't know I wish people weren't as stupid as they are because because honestly it's just like if I hear that I'm like that's really dumb I'm not listening and uh-huh. that's it
2: <laughs> okay, but, uh-huh. and
0: if I hear a t- horrible tasteless joke that I disagree with I'm like okay that isn't funny I'm not listening
2: but. Mm-mm. You're saying I, they're stupid, but they still have the right to say it, is that what you're saying? Exactly.
0: That's, like, I mm. want people to be able to say really stupid shit and mm. people to go, they're stupid, I'm not listening, or I'm not like associating mm. myself with them. But, mm-hmm. yeah. But in any case, like yeah, this special, Dave Chappelle said shit you may disagree with uh, in the form of a joke, so I say laugh or don't. But... Mm. You know, I mean...
1: Think of all the random shit Alex Jones said, and he still did have a show for a while, right? So, I think similarly with comedy, like the audience, right? What's more important, like the, the audience who appreciates comedy, don't seem to be the people who are are less often seem to be the people who would like jump to like you know wanting to cancel someone over saying something offensive. Oh, what? Oh, Say my! Say again. Okay, we've been on a detour. So I was making a point earlier that, you know, Alex Jones had a... Like most people were like either hated Alex Jones or just thought he was crazy if they listened to him. But he had an audience, right? So the audience for comedy, and Mike, you know this a lot better than I do, but the audience for comedy doesn't seem like the type of people who mostly would be like, you know, particularly sensitive about jokes about this stuff, right? I feel like the audience for comedy I've seen is people largely like you who are totally fine with... Dark humor going to like controversial stuff, they think it's funny, and it's like there might be stuff that they don't find as funny, but they're like okay with people kind of like testing the boundaries, right? And if you agree with this, uh, you know, Chappelle will prop, you know, if this is true, you could say Chappelle will probably be all right because if if the people who are upset aren't really part of the audience for his, you know, basically his profession anyway, it's kind of like a it doesn't really matter that much, right?
0: Right, yeah, Uh, and I would say it depends certainly on your, so if you're an up-and-comer, like, and you don't have your own audience, then Mm. certainly there are audiences that are not, that have pretty distinct lines in the same, you know, you say a certain word they don't like, and it's like they're, you know, horrified and taken aback, but, um... But, yes, with Chappelle, I mean, it doesn't matter at all. I mean, he could do shows in the middle of, you know, Ohio or wherever he lives. And, you know, he could make tons of money and be fine. So, I mean, for him. And, and he basically makes that point special. Like, he'll be fine no matter what. He essentially can't be canceled. It's more about people who may not be as in as secure a position. And, they like, the guy who, I don't even remember what, which... You know, group he offended, but there was a guy uh, who was uh, very much up and coming, and he was going to be on SNL, and they found an old joke of his, and like he never did an episode of SNL, like he got fired immediately. Mm. So Mm. So. yeah,
1: well, I feel like the three of us are kind of generally biased towards the free, you know, freer speech, you know, push boundaries side. Sadly, we Mm -hmm. don't have someone who's, you know, it'd be more interesting if we had someone who's like, you know, I think this sort of stuff has like negative, real negative harm and like explains how, but we don't have someone to explain that reasoning. So you only get one side of the argument today.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: I mean, I think a lot of people on that side sort of contend there's just things that shouldn't be made fun of. Mm. Like there are things sort of off limits. And my... I guess my sort of belief about that is like as soon as it's it's again it's a slippery slippery slope argument which is not a good one, but it's sort of like who just de- like basically who decides because like mm. if you are offended by X and I'm offended by Y and someone else is offended by Z, like a lot of topics quickly like get to be off the table, Mm-mm. so yeah. No,
1: I've I've also heard a lot of people who say basically they say punch up, you know, don't punch down. Yes, and I mean I can kind of understand like if someone only punched down in the sense that they only you know like targeted groups that do get more you know have more issues in society, it would be like a little weird. Uh, But Mm. I feel like if you know someone who who fairly so you know sort of punches everywhere, right, like including their own groups, then I can then I can believe I can be like I feel like if if you do everything, including make a fun of yourself, you know, it feels like an honest like you know, we're making jokes, and it's not hateful. If you're obviously if you keep making jokes towards some groups, and you don't like jokes about your own yourself or anything, you know, related to you, then obviously, that starts to come off as like hypocritical and be like, okay, you know, why are you making these jokes? Are you just trying to be funny? Or do you actually have like issues that you're sort of like, you know, smoke screening with humor?
0: Right, right. And I'd like to believe that audiences are smart enough to pick up on that. But
1: that's probably not... That's certainly yeah. not always going to be true. <laughs> I, I would make that bet, but... Yeah. So,
2: hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, sounds like Dev Chappelle. It's going to be fine. Well,
0: yes, he's worth... According to the expert wisdom
1: dollars. of us three random people. <laughs> he is exactly. also super rich already, so I think he's... Yeah,
2: exactly. also, I mean, Netflix invested a lot of money to his contract, right? So Netflix is not going to say, oh, we're going to cancel him, So... Right, it's all so about money. You. It's all about money in the end.
0: I think he companies. signed over. At, like, yeah, I well, I mean, this is the last special, so I mean, Netflix could do whatever. Like, both of the like, he's been given the money they signed him yeah. for, and he's done the work. So, um, you know, at this, point, I think
2: he's one of the most watched specials, probably because of the controversy. controversy. Yeah, Besides I, Squid Game. <laughs>
1: that's true honestly i haven't still haven't seen it but it did just because you hear people talking about it, i'm like i want to see like is it really like am i gonna be like oh that is bad or i'm gonna be like <laughs> oh this is like nothing they're like you know overreacting because you don't really know until you see it in the full context right so well
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, speaking of that have just have you guys watched squid games did we talk about it already or no i don't know but i want it to
1: yet. it's on my list because i'm seeing it everywhere so i'm gonna watch it so we just have to hold off a you know a few episodes while I get around to getting through it. I would never. How have you, seen,
0: I would never have seen it because I just like don't watch TV ever. I'm terrible at it. But because I got COVID, I did binge the entire series. So wait, how many six.
1: episodes is it? Nine. Is it hour long or thirty minute? Uh, hour, I think.
2: Okay. So, my you finish it? Yeah, you yeah I you watch
0: play? the whole thing.
2: How you, do you like it? How do you like it? No spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. Yeah,
0: I'll just say, yeah, not to spoil it for Matt. I'll just say it was fine. I enjoyed it. But it, it it's very familiar. Like, there have been things similar to it. The
2: it, Hunger Gang and uh, Gang of Thrones combined?
0: Sure. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes, that is. Uh, without... I mean, that sounds pretty good to me.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, it is, it is good. It, 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 it has good moments, but it is very
1: I just know there's that old guy in the jumpsuit that I keep seeing everywhere now, and I'm like, I want to know who he is. What is he doing?
2: Mm. Toughly All time right. for Halloween, right? Halloween kind of costume. Yeah, nice.
0: yeah. So, well, that's what everyone. I I believe that is
3: the most popular costume. To
2: me, it's too. really strange. And actually, the a Korean drama was became like these like one of the most popular shows for Netflix, mm. right?
1: Yeah, I first heard of this from people who were like, liked like K dramas. Cause there's like a, yeah. there's people in the US who are like really into K dramas. And then I heard I, like, oh, I used to Game. be,
2: I used to watch a lot of K dramas too.
1: Oh, yeah. But it's a breakaway. I mean, Parasite was similar, right? Like it was a Korean movie it's that kind of like
2: yeah. broke out. And mm.
1: I'm, I'm, see, I'm kind of thinking they're similar vibes. Cause there seems to be some like societal commentary is, yeah. you know, in Squid Games, which obviously Parasite mm. had a lot of. But, yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I don't know. No, I mean, Korea definitely is making a push to, like, a, a big push. I mean, I think it's really been since the 90s to, like, break onto the entertainment scene. Because, yeah. I mean, K-pop is pretty big in the U.S. too, so. Yeah.
3: Mm. That's cool. Yeah.
1: So. All right. So, you've seen all of Squid Game too, Shu?
2: No, I have not. I don't have... Ne- I don't have Netflix, and also I don't really watch TV any- much anymore. And also, I don't watch K-Drama anymore. All right, well. Because K-Drama, actually, I used to watch a lot of K-Drama, but they, they, they made me cry too much. <laughs> so they, they have all these like people dying. very very. They, Korean drama have a really good way of making it so sad that you make oh, you yeah. cry. So, I, so yeah, don't watch it. It's good, all but don't watch
1: it. Well, you got to watch this one. And not having Netflix is not a problem in the internet age. <laughs> and also, if you're traveling, don't you have a lot of time where you're just like kind of downtime in like a hotel room?
2: No, traveling, I, no, I, I if I downtime, I'd be reading about cryptocurrency. I don't have time for a TV shit. <laughs> you got to be making money. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. No, I'm reading our stuff, you know, yeah, read what i reading. I don't, I don't watch TV at least. Like, you could just like waste all your time, you know, mind melt you know melt your mind and stuff
1: like that yeah okay okay she was too much of an intellectual for something like squid game exactly exactly.
2: yeah i know speaking of crypto i guess uh have you heard of guys heard of the crypto castle i have not (laughs) no No? okay so apparently the I i think the castle is in ireland it's called crypto castle the first crypto castle is because it's Basically, uh, what do you call it? It's a addiction clinic. Clinic. Oh.
3: Right?
2: So a lot of people are actually addicted to crypto trading. So there's <laughs> one guy there. <laughs> there's one guy there actually just staring at the Bitcoin chart every day, just like see it go up and down, and also like they use a lot of that astrology, all kind of like weird science stuff to predict the movement of the price. So these these people got really so addicted to it that like twenty four seven that's what they do all day all you know every day right so so that's why they, they they need they are going to this crypto castle to get like treatment for it and this is the first actually first uh, clinic uh, actually treating like crypto addiction. So, is
1: it basically like a gambling addiction? You know, like horse exactly. racing and stuff. It's kind of exactly the same.
2: exactly yeah. But exactly. instead
1: of you know yeah. trying to bet on a horse, you're betting on your currency. Yeah, preferred coin so how long until you end up there Shu
2: I don't know I think I'm pretty close (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, because I'm watching the Shubu coin Shubu coin
1: how do I how do I invest in the crypto castle you know enterprise for I
2: had no idea you probably need to call a psychologist there
1: (laughs) what if they what if that place released their own coin for investors you know be like if you think we're going to be big buy our coin
2: that's genius, maybe you just call in and say, Hey, I'm not going make you a coin for you.
1: I mean, yeah, you th- they're gonna help spread the problem that makes some money, it just makes sense.
3: Exactly, yeah. Yeah. They, st- <laughs>
0: they start to accept payments there. It's like so many coins don't have like something you can pay for them with, but we do our treatment. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: now the first step is to get rid of all your crypto, we'll take it from you. <laughs> yeah, mm. all right, all right. Oh this yeah, that's more fun than people trying to make crypto video game skins.
2: Oh. Oh talking about that. Have oh, you got no. digital <laughs> So what, what so what's your what's what's your thought on that? Crypto skin?
1: I mean, as far as I know, they're they they do not really exist, but people are like, oh, you could own your video game skin with like mm-hmm. cryptocurrency. And then like use it between games and trade. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense at all. Because one, like if you have a skin in one game, how do you just apply it to another? Right. Like if you got your Fortnite skin, you can't just slap that on Pikachu and Super Smash Brothers, right? It it doesn't make sense. You would need like an entirely new skin made. And why would the game developers want to spend all this time and resources making like versions of items for their games for something that someone bought somewhere else? Right. Like they didn't pay the game dev for mm-hmm. the thing right if they want to make skins they're just going to sell the skins in the game so i see this like brought up i had someone on reddit say that something to me they're like oh you can do the stuff like this and i'm like this doesn't make any sense at all
2: yeah not it doesn't make sense right now because everything is like not connected so in the future i guess that that people are thinking about something called metaverse well we i think we mentioned i think mean, i mentioned it before which is going to be one of future topics down the line so mm-hmm. uh, it's one basically like in the future, like instead of just one universe, like Fortnite and stuff, everything is in, in, integrated in a way, like cross universe, right? That way you can, and the one one way you can do it is using blockchain technology to do it, like NFT stuff. So that way you can actually verify you own this stuff. That way you can, and that's why actually Facebook is actually changing its name, like similar to Google, like right? Google began alphabet, and Facebook is going to change its name to something. Um, actually, and I think Zuckerberg announced that actually Facebook is not going to social. It's not a social network company anymore. It's going to be a metaverse company, right? So, mm-hmm. actually, um, so yeah, it's the skin in the game, right? Yes, net. A lot of people are piling into like you were talking about NFT before. Right now, there's something called digital fashion, right? It's fashion. People create fashion items. For like NFTs like this, you can own in a digitally, right? And actually, recently there's a, a, a Sotheby. I think Sotheby is one of the uh, very like expensive like, auction house. Actually, just auction a few millions of like just digital fashion items, right? So a lot of people are designing digital fashions for people now.
1: When you say yeah, that, right? like, what are these items? Like, is it an well? Image these are model, like, a texture. Yeah, like,
2: like auction auction no, it's not augmented reality, right? For example, you take a picture of yourself and using that AR, like augmented reality filters to put those like digital clothes on yourself. And Uh, then you're actually-
1: So you have VR, like VR avatars, right? Where you can make yourself look like whatever. So the people are basically buying avatar skins. So things to make your VR avatar look different.
2: Yeah, yeah. And this one is actually in the digital fashion specifically, I think it's the wrong example is for like AR. Like when you take a- like In Snapchat, right, you take a picture, you can put, apply filters, right? The, right now, you can, like, uh, uh, you know, if you buy, if you own this digital item, the clothing, you actually can apply that to yourself, and your picture turn, turn out really cool. Like, instead of, like, for example, right now, if we are Zoom, right, in Zoom, right, you can, technically, someone could design a digital clothing for you, even at home, you are not wearing anything, you know, you can, like, Zoom have a background, right, you can, you can they can apply a like a suit or anything you want to wear on on a on a video conferencing, right? So, and then that if you and that you can interoperate in the first of Google Meet and Zoom is not really separate, right? In the future, maybe if you if you combine them together, you know, if you you, you maybe you own the item in Zoom, you know, maybe you own the, in other like Skype, you can use it in Skype or Google Meet as well. I don't know, so. This one applications right now, right? You can just totally do it. It's very easy to yeah. do it soon, probably, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I just I don't know companies just don't play well together, so I don't know how soon this is going to happen. But... I remember, yeah. I
1: I think there was a similar thinking when like web services were. booming and like micro web services where people send different like web services together to do specific things. And, you know, it's going to be all sort of distributed. But what happened is kind of web services like centralized around big players like Amazon, because random businesses didn't have, like there wasn't a good model to like coordinate random businesses, having micro web services work together and them getting paid for it. Right. So they had no incentive to like run it.
2: So again, I think you break it off. In the beginning, I would you mean like web servers,
1: web services. So like, oh. like think of like, you know, things online, servers online that might do something, but not be a website. Um, yeah. I read some article about this a while ago where people thought these sort of these micro web services started to get big. So, you know, you Rather than, you know, doing all the calculations and computations on your own website, you might call web services, right? Like, I mean, they're basic examples like you call something. Yeah, call to get, computing. Yeah. yeah, you might call something to get the weather, right? That could be a service that you, like your website, like calls the service, gets weather data, deck, displays like a forecast of the weather for the people, right? It mm-hmm. could call a service to get, you know. The Bitcoin, you know, the history of Bitcoin lasts 24 hours, and display that for the people on their website, right? Or other things. Okay. You know, anything a website or computer can do, really. So they had this. There's this idea for a little while that like people would be able to like make bigger things out of all these micro web services. Like businesses would start up web services, and like people would run them. But what happened, seemingly more, is that you got big players sort of conglomerated relevant stuff into entities, right? Because there was. Mm-hmm. A way for like like a business. You want to start a website. Uh, your like, internet is right, sucking.
2: You're breaking off. And
1: you, you want to use a service to run you your break product, you right? There's off. a bunch of much handle, this much volume. Oh, you it's, broke off. Yeah. You've so, been frozen uh, for like 30 of the yeah, last four My back. Yeah, it says my internet connection is unstable.
2: So you were uh, you were talking about uh, everything that became central. Wait, so
1: how much you have I said that it? through? Uh,
0: I mean I think we have a Yeah, okay. So idea. basically to
1: summarize super fast. Yeah. It's centralized because there's issues with having it all decentralized, right? Paying small businesses, small businesses making guarantees over performance for their web services. Long story short, Things like Amazon Web Services made, like, oh, all of our stuff in a big package rather than a big distributed thing. So I'm wondering, um, yeah, I don't know. My my hunch is still that NFTs will go that way more. E- even if, if they're used, there'll be things like Steam Market, which is a centralized platform rather than a decentralized mm-hmm. game trying to each in- incorporate NFTs that, like, because a game would have to make something for each NFT that they want to work in their game, right? Mm-hmm. Right,
2: yeah whatever. it's possible <laughs> it, it, it's possible but that's one the main thing about everything central that's what the main uh advantage of blockchain right it's, it's it, it has the potential to make it decentralized yeah but, but, of, course, it, but decentralized, of course maybe that's yeah
1: and there can there are benefits of stuff like that being decentralized but are there benefits to the companies? Like, how does that? How do you put that into a system that is good for the company that makes them want to set up a business model around this decentralized system, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, how? Because you know, how does a company get money off of letting people use their NFTs and their game?
2: Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, yeah. that's yeah. We'll see. It'll be interesting, I guess. Because uh, just, I mean, just look at Bitcoin right now, right? Exactly. You can just look at Bitcoin. No one really control. I mean, maybe there's you know, someone control Bitcoin. Now we don't really know, but it's some. It seems like no one controls Bitcoin right mm-hmm. now. It's completely decentralized currency somehow, mm-hmm. right? And then you just expand that to the NFT, the skins, again, the the metaverse in the future. Maybe it could be something similar. I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. But of maybe. course, now like, Facebook is trying to get into it right now. Of course, like, if Facebook what they try to do is try, they try to own Metaverse, right? So it's potentially future. So, I mean, if, is,
1: that's one thing. If it's if Facebook centralizes it, right? Like the mm-hmm. Steam library, or Amazon web Services, they say, well, we all have this thing and they're huge and have a lot of, a billion people who use it. So then they say, oh, you want to join the Facebook Metaverse, you have to, you know, integrate with this stuff so people can use their Facebook NFTs with it. You know? That's a situation mm. where it might work, but it, in a sense, would it be decentralized at that point, or would it be just centralized under the Facebook, you know, metaverse?
3: Mm.
1: It, you know, it'd be yeah. somewhere in between, right? But like the Facebook mm-hmm. metaverse could provide the central structure that you know allows different games and companies to come in and out with their own, you know, products or features that work with it.
2: Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. So this that's why I find this space kind of interesting because there's always Interesting stuff going on, unanswered questions. And then this future is not really... Nobody can really know that what the future looks like. So, Cool. Anyway, I, I would keep reading instead of watching Squid Game. No, that was the no point. That was the whole point. No, that's
1: not the point. You can take a nine-hour break for Squid Game.
2: <laughs> wow. That's uh, nice. All right. No.
3: <laughs> All right.
2: Maybe. Maybe. Actually, maybe. Maybe you're right. Maybe. Yeah.
1: Just one power day, you know? Just get it all done one Saturday.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, then you're going to have season two, season three, right? It's never going to never end, right? Keep going. (laughs) I know how how the game works.
1: Okay. So we're going to talk about DARPA?
2: Yeah, I guess. Or did
1: you have any other topics you wanted to bring up first?
2: No, I think we can go DARPA now.
1: All right. I'll start with like a brief summary. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know what happened, and then y'all can ask questions and whatnot, and we can dig into details. But
3: Uh, um,
1: I guess a month ago now, DARPA had the final competition for what they called the Subterranean Challenge. Basically, mm -hmm. teams sent uh, teams of robots into underground environments. So things like caves and subway tunnels and stuff like that, mine tunnels. And the robots had an hour to sort of try to find a bunch of stuff and provide its location too. Um, and what made this challenge really hard is I think what made it hardest is the nature, the communications nature. So in things like tunnels and caves, you lose that wireless communication really fast. Um, so you can't rely on, you know, an operator doing everything. They also, DARPA also restricted it to a single operator. So you couldn't have like a team of people managing a team of robots. You had one guy, um, mm-hmm. So you had to push on the autonomy, the ability for robots to do things on their own, be autonomous. And you had to also push on communications, um, having these robots drop communications nodes like in the tunnels as they went on to try to build a communication network. You really needed both to do well, to be able to have robots both explore deep, find things and get that data back to the operator where it would be scored. And you'd get points for finding things essentially. So that was the DARPA challenge, sub-T challenge. Uh, I was a part of Team Cyra61, and uh, we got second place, tying in number of points with first place, losing only because they uh, found the artifact, their last artifact quicker than our. we found our last artifact. It was super tight. Uh, I'm sure they did the same thing, but we saw a bunch of ways where like if the tiniest difference, we could have gotten one artifact more. We actually had da- data downloading when the when the run ended we were downloading data from a robot that had been out of comms until like the last five minutes and um because it had slipped and fallen deep and another Mm -hmm. robot managed to get close enough to kind of like bridge the connection and we were downloading data and one of the things that hadn't gone back yet was like another object right and like that one detection would have been uh know, us winning yeah
2: how many how many scoring points
1: every artifact you are able to accurately localize so give the position within a few meters um, you get a point. so the no goal,
2: so the no goal is to find objects in underground environment. Yeah.
1: Exactly, find yeah. and localize. So you got to uh, get the okay. position right. If you just find an object, but you can't put it where it is on the map, and localize by what? So basically, you'd have a cave entrance, and DARPA would have this gate with like you know images, like AR tags or things for you to base off of, and this gate would define sort of the origin of the world, right? Zero, zero, zero. Your axes. And so you had to put the position relative to this gate and the robots just go into this tunnel and very quickly you lose sight of them and they just got to do their thing. And um, um, who's, who is CSIRO? Uh, good question. CSIRO is a research public research organization out of Australia. So a lot of the teams were, you know, universities and the like, JPL had a team um, working with NASA, you know, CMU had a team, um, but sire was the main of our team, and they're, as I said, kind of like a public research institution. They have, you know, they get government contracts and do funding and stuff, but it's mostly professional research scientists and Why things you, like that.
2: Yeah, you are American. Why are you working for Australian company?
1: You know this question. Uh, I was working. So Georgia Tech was partnered with them. So the SIRO team had right. two partners: uh Georgia Tech and Innocent. Innocent handled the drones, so we had some flying drones. Um, that's what their job was. And then Georgia Tech handled the multi-agent coordination. So trying to get the, was our primary responsibility, which she knows because she was actually on this project too once upon a time earlier on.
2: That's, uh, Not to so get upset. The... <laughs> so we got, how many points we got? 23? 23. Um, who's the other team that got first place? Cerberus. Cerberus. And they used the animal. They, they made the, the yeah, animal they... robot, right?
1: Man, that's, I'm sure they're pretty happy about this. So, I'm trying to you know think about this from the perspective of people who aren't in the robotics field. I think most people have seen the Boston Spot, the yellow dog robot that can like you know can mm-hmm. kick and it will catch itself and stuff. Um, that's been online a lot. So a lot of teams actually use the Boston Spot um, robot. Boston Dynamics robot is the name. Boston Dynamics is the company. Spot's the name of the robot. We used it too, um, and it worked pretty well. But I think this was the all- Cerberus team made their own four-legged platform called Animal. And they were the only team that had their own legged platform there, and uh mm-hmm. they sent in a bunch of them, uh, and it How did many? well. At least four.
3: Okay.
1: They might have had more, and I don't. I didn't. I don't know if they sent like more than four in, hmm. but they definitely brought at least like four to the like you know the thing. So I would have to look at the final tapes again. I didn't go watch. I did skimmed they, through they some use, of the other teams, but I didn't watch. Like they everything. use drums
2: too. Do they have drums too? I don't don't
1: remember them having a drone. Most teams Mm. like half the teams launched drones or had drones. I'm trying to remember. Mm. I can pull it up if it's an important question, but what I remember from their team the server.
2: Finish your point point about Animal.
1: Well, I mean, it's it's their own I guess you could say homegrown uh,
2: quad-legged
1: platform, and I'm sure they were very happy to do well with it. And you know, be like, well, we're competing because Boston Dynamics is kind of known as like the top tier of like, yeah, robots with legs. I'll say, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I'm sure they're happy about that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Are, you, I think European company, right? Which I forgot which which country now, but yeah, it's one of those.
1: Yeah, so I mean, anyone who's actually interested, be like, well, this sounds weird. What the hell does this look like? If you go on YouTube, do DARPA sub T. They got a bunch of videos, both like detailed long runs and like the final thing where they try to, you know, show highlights of sort of the last, the final runs of all the teams without it being too long Mm -hmm. in the earlier competitions, they live streamed it. And especially because teams weren't as effective and just, it's not that exciting to watch live anyway, unless you're like one of the people really, you know, involved is very boring. So this time they took the final. So the teams, eight teams ran, you know, at their own time. And what they did is they showed an hour long run where they clipped between the different teams' highlights as if it was a mm. live run where all teams were running in parallel. So that's how they set up.
2: Hmm. Gotcha. So how much money you
1: won? Our team won a million dollars.
2: I thought it's two to... million. No,
1: that was first place.
2: Oh, but oh, okay. First well, place. is not. Not bad
1: either. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of zeros on a check. And you know, they did have the <laughs> big, they did have those big cardboard checks you get, you know, that they're having game shows and stuff. So they handed them to the teams, everyone who got some prize money. Mm. It was, uh, you know, it was a fun time. So that's, this was the end of it. So DARPA is known in the robotics community. They do these challenges every now and then pretty regularly now. Every few years, they'll have a challenge. Yeah,
2: and the first one was the one, the urban, no.
1: The Grand uh, Challenge. Hmm. What so was the, first, the Grand challenge? The first Grand Challenge was autonomous driving in deserts. Basically, they had these mm-hmm. kind of desert roads, and they wanted cars to autonomously follow it. And the very first Grand Challenge, uh, no one got even close. Like, no one even touched, like, a quarter of the way. Just everything crashed. And then they did another one, like, a, around a year later. And at uh, that time, a team actually finished it. Um. And a little after that, they did the urban challenge, which was kind of extending from it, which was autonomous driving, but in urban environments, obviously kind of easier ones. So the grand challenge was around like, just to be clear, it was around like 2005, I think. And yeah. then I think the urban challenge was around like 2008, 2009. I mean, these things go over years. So that was kind of the range. And after the urban challenge, you know, that's sort of, that's sort of where it like spawned the whole self driving thing. Cause the people who worked on a lot of those challenges went to do these, join companies or start companies that are doing the self-driving now and self-driving is exploding Mm. more and more companies are like investing more and more money and, you know, people into it now. So, yeah, I think there's a a lot of expectation that like DARPA does these competitions and then they sort of can spawn entire industries or really like push the grounds of like what is going on. Uh, Mm. You know, having a bunch of teams all try to compete and I mean, teams, they, DARPA spends money to fund teams so they'll give money to teams to do this but teams spend way more money than they get from DARPA either from the prize money or the funding just because they want to you know, do good in the competition and get the notoriety
2: Yeah, so you mentioned the, the competition is in what, Louisville, Kentucky
1: The final competition is in Louisville, Kentucky There's these mega caverns Sorry yeah.
3: What were you going to ask?
2: Okay. Oh, I was well, going to ask I was going to ask, like, I think you mentioned some interesting encounters with the locals. So I, I, I want to hear some. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I
1: don't think I had any interesting interaction with the locals. I had fun showing Australians around the U.S. a little bit. They were blo- mind blown by Chick-fil-A. They could not believe it. We, we went <laughs> to Chick-fil-A that, you know, had like the line is like lunchtime. The line's like wrapping out around to the street. And then, so they're doing the full Chick-fil-A experience where they have the people going to cars, you know, to get the menu, give, give you a change, bringing the food and everything and just like going, you know, doing 10 times the volume a normal fast food restaurant can put through, yeah. right? Cause they're crazy. Yeah. And these people were blown away. They also liked the food a lot. They're like, this is delicious. And they were like, uh, and they're like, I can't believe the service. And then someone told them about how Chick-fil-A has had some controversy due to what some of the owner, you know, the owner of Chick-fil-A spend some of his money on so they started calling it jesus chicken (laughs) and uh you know it was it was fun times but
2: oh wow i i had no idea that actually australian can be impressed by chick-fil-a
1: they don't have a chick-fil-a there apparently they just got their first taco bell and they said it's crazy packed and i I was telling them i'm like sounds like y'all need to start a chick-fil-a in australia get that opened up and just start making money (laughs) like because, I mean, in the U.S., you open up a Chick-fil-A somewhere that doesn't have it. You're just printing cash, right? Like, every Chick-fil-A mm-hmm. I've ever seen at lunchtime is just lying, you know, around the parking lot. Hmm. Anyway, so Louisville, <laughs> Kentucky has these things called mega caverns, which are actually pretty cool. They – I want to describe it. They basically drilled out – so there weren't natural caves. They drilled out the ground for, like, the rock. I think it was, like, granite or something. And they ended up making it like 100 feet deep. And they have these massive pillars or pylons that are like 40 feet wide, like spread out. So you just have this massive area. But since then, most of it, they've refilled up that 100 feet to like, they've refilled up like 70 feet of it with just like, mm-hmm. so because originally they mined it out for material. Then they started dumping like old construction material, things like old concrete and dirt and stuff they didn't have a place to put. So they started using it as a dumping ground to fill back up not all of it is filled up so there's some areas where it goes deeper but you go back in it so it's just this huge open space it's a very interesting thing to be in but darpa didn't use the cave that much they actually made kind of their own environment like it was like a movie set like you went in and they had fake everything like they had a mine tunnel a mine tunnel where you Mm. there There were actually like cargo containers and inside of it they had fake like foam and mesh to make like it looked like a mine tunnel, but it's like a movie set prop and they would drill a shovel to the wall. So it looks like a shovel as part of a mine tunnel, but your robot couldn't knock it around and get it in the way for the next team or something. And they did Mm -hmm. the same thing for the cave circuit and an urban circuit. They actually made, built a subway platform that tried to look like a New York subway, you know, Mm -hmm. with stairs and up and down and, you know, the little, pillars and a little thing where you're supposed to you know, tap your card to pay and the robot has to go around it so they built this mm-hmm. all up really elaborately within these giant caves They actually just built their own little fake cave for you to drive through <laughs> which was funny but challenging i think some teams were thrown off because uh most of the things we had done before were more open anyway and then we're like the mega caverns is going to be big but it's actually really tight like the last run we walked Mm -hmm. through it afterwards. It was hard for a person to get through. Like I slipped a few times trying to like being hunched over walking around, you know, ground uneven and shaky and stuff. Mm -hmm. They even had areas where they just poured a bunch of water in it. So you're just walking through water and stuff. It was tough.
2: Wait, and the robot had to go through water too?
1: All right. This was a lot of detail, but yeah, I mean, not, not like pouring on it Well, there's one spot, some water was falling down, but that, Mostly your robot had to get through puddles and stuff in some areas. If it, mm. that was a, one of their ch- okay. many challenges. <laughs> they also had, um, mm. they had a room with that's a bit more open and they put some shelves and boxes and stuff, right? So it's, this was part of the urban area. They had a bunch of Amazon boxes in there, you know, to, to make it look realistic. So we launched a drone in there once and this was on a video and you can see our mm. drones like between two shelves and it does a really amazing job of launches from the back. So we had. I'm going to give, maybe this is too many details, but we had two large robots with tracks. Think of like a mm. tiny tank, like a tank you could stand on. It's about like five feet long, three feet wide, roughly that size. Um, pretty big. We had drones on their back and they could launch off these. Well, we you can see they have this amazing clip of the drone launching and it's hovering between like a shelf and a wall with only a few inches on either side of like space, but it's like really stable. It's doing a great job. The problem is there's junk in here. So this piece of like like plastic like it's like a foam or something that you might get like when you open up like a TV or something like it you know kind of like plastic fluff that just can go around you can see it start to like spin around on the ground because of the air that's cycling through the drone Mm. and then it flips up and goes over and just goes gets like sucked on top of the drone from the propellers and just (laughs) crashes it so you see it and we were were there we couldn't see this happen because it's in the environment but we're sitting around the entrance and we hear the DARPA guys because they see this starting to move before it crashes and we hear them from like a trailer where they're watching this on camera I'll be like oh and then it crashes we hear the drone crash from inside smash and they're
2: like oh
1: watching it on live their live oh, feed no. of, like the drone smash and i'm like we're like oh they, god what just happened they, is they
2: probably did a project of they, they do a project of like fixing those so they don't destroy i thought they're not supposed not to destroy robots right
1: you know is it a poor job or we should have were we supposed to not launch there well they had an object hidden at a high point in this room so i think they wanted drones to launch there and it just was one of those random things i think it was just so kind so, of so, so so there's
2: uh, so is night one a basketball game the referee maybe had back calls you know stuff like that so <laughs> you're saying that we could have won if that didn't happen
1: this wasn't in the final run, so it was fine. That didn't impact okay, our ability okay. to win or lose at all. So there was a uh, they had let teams run a couple times beforehand. When um, they
2: destroy our drone, right? That means maybe we waste our time, like fixing it, you know, fixing it or replace a new one. So net, you know.
1: I don't think that happened. And fun fact, that drone actually flew afterwards. They fit, replaced the rotors. <laughs> so it smashed yeah. hard. It looked like it would it would have been dead. And then uh they basically changed the rotors that, you know, the blades that spin, because those were all ma- mashed it. up. And then, but mm. they well, they flew it and they like, it works. Some, but it could've. could have. <laughs>
2: yeah, something else could be changed that you don't really know, right? So.
1: That's true. They flew it again. Yeah. I don't think we used the drone in the final. I think we did. We were like, okay, you know, we'll put yeah. that thing on the side because maybe there's something that's part broken will fail at some other point. But
2: right. I call it sabotage
1: sabotage <laughs> you're starting to get into you're getting into it now you're like this is my team i can't believe the reps allowed that
2: yeah exactly
1: uh,
2: and there's the one thing that's actually really interesting uh i want to talk about is uh coordinated robotics right mm. how did they do because uh, in the beginning just one guy right because uh all teams have like more than like almost like, around 20 people right and this team just have one person Right, but I know I think uh, in the later competition he got he he a- able to recruit uh, stu- our student some students to work with him, but still he's very 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 uh like minimum resource right so how did de- how did they do
1: uh so they didn't do well in the hardware competition again, so that's kind of been his story trying to get into hardware he has had trouble and the team he's recruited, I think it includes mostly like undergrads and stuff. So these aren't like, yeah. you know, advanced students. So it's probably more educational for them than like, you know, the optimal yeah. team. But I think he won some prize. I don't remember what place he got, but I think he placed in the virtual competition and won money again. So he, he's, he's like, yeah,
2: he usually got at first place, but I'm not sure about the final. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So he, he got some money again. I don't remember if it was like first. I think it was first or how second. How many points? How many points
2: they got? How many points he got for? <laughs>
1: I don't remember <laughs> how much oh, yeah. he got in the final. He got some points. Yeah. I'm, I know he got something in the final, but
2: yeah, yeah, he did. I mean, um... Just interesting that he's a stay-home dad and he's just working out on this as a hobby and you know, stuff yeah. like that. So.
1: this guy basically goes do robot com- competitions and other software competitions and wins prizes and that seems to be how he makes his money right so he has collected the prizes is
2: like quarter million dollars right every yeah and
1: he's he's gotten the quarter million dollars like he's gotten multiple checks in the hundreds of thousands from the starper competition alone Um, Mm. and apparently he's won prize money from other competitions as well and like Mm. yeah he he won his first one he was literally just did everything on his own for the virtual. And as far as I know, he might've done the virtual competition each time on his own. Like the people who are helping him, I think mm. we're only helping hardware. Yeah. So he basically just codes the solution for the simulation environment, for the simulated environment, and then like mm. beats everyone on his own and then takes a check. And it's like, yeah, that's just my money now, <laughs> which is yeah. a crazy story. Mm.
2: So, yeah. So what about the other things like costar, which is the JP, JPL and Caltech team, and I think they won the previous previous event, right? And also uh, CMU, I think they won the first one, first event. So what happened to them?
1: CMU did well, but they didn't place. So Marble got third, and CMU Mm -hmm. were they fourth? They were close. Mm -hmm. JPL had some trouble. <laughs> they uh what happened?
2: Th- yeah they did so well on the first night previous one the second event right urban event.
1: hmm Hold on, hold on. Let's see, where were they? Yeah. Co star. They were still fifth place of eight. So it's not like they, you know, totally eight bucked
2: points.
1: out. Uh no. Eight eight of eight teams, they got thirteen points. Um
2: thirteen points, okay.
1: Ooh, that was CoStar, but they I heard, what I heard was they had some smoke things that, uh, some smoke traps in the final, right? So the they released a bunch of smoke into the beginning area. And what I heard is it it caught a bunch of their robots were near the area when they released a bunch of the smoke and their sensors and mapping system just couldn't handle it. So the smoke interfered with their LIDAR and just kind of shut down their ability to navigate and make a map. And that like Oh,
2: DARPA. You mean DARPA released the smoke?
1: Yeah, so DARPA released a bunch of smoke in the final, and I think they did it for each team. They released so much smoke that it was coming out of the front of the cave, like, yeah. and we as the people sitting outside, just kind of waiting to see what happens, like, saw the smoke coming out, and we're like, okay. Uh, It didn't... Maybe we kind of got, I guess, lucky, because I think all of our robots were past the area of the smoke, and I don't think it Probably. really impacted uh, any of them in our final run. Oh,
2: Oh, so it's about timing thing kind of thing. If you're unlucky, uh, you know, you think stop too early. There's definitely, know.
1: you know, elements of luck and unluck. I mean, so in the end, you had one hour run and your score on that determined your score for the whole thing, right? That's how they placed. And there's a lot of hardware and a lot of stuff that can just randomly go wrong. I mean, we had a lot mm. of things go wrong too. Uh, mm. So you can call it, you call us lucky or resilient that either more stuff didn't go wrong we were lucky or resilient to have how a bunch did, of uh, issues.
2: Yeah. How, how, did, how did the multi robot autonomy work for you?
1: Obviously flawless, right? <laughs> Since this is publicly <laughs> being, uh, you know, this is public information, I'm going to say there's absolutely no problems. No, the autonomy worked well. I'll, I'll be honest about it. So the autonomy worked well. Hmm. And, but on, but on the other hand, basically the way they did the competition is you drove down one tunnel. And you had a room with three branches, and they literally one was urban, one was tunnel, one was cave. Mm-hmm. So in one sense, um, the autonomy challenge wasn't the multi-agent autonomy wasn't that tricky because you wanted agents mm-hmm. to go down each branch, right? And in the end, the operator you know spe- wanted to specify because we had run the course and we knew what was down there roughly. They changed things up, but we knew we wanted like one robot, to, this type of robot, to go down this. We wanted the dark. Uh, Boston Dynamics spot robot to go in the urban area. We wanted one of our track Titan vehicles to go down the tunnel area, things mm. like that. So the autonomy mm. challenge wasn't that high, in the um the multi-agent coordination wasn't that tough in the final. They went on their own branches and they went. The uh, mm. we also also I think. But it worked well. Like what we did have worked well. We also had a lot of good Mm -hmm. tools for having the operator sort of inject their knowledge. This is an interesting problem. When you have agents trying to coordinate and do their thing, how can the operator give guidance while it's still going on, right? Mm -hmm. Where we had issues trying to tell the operator what was coming back. So I think one one of the examples that I've been using in a lot of our stuff is they closed a dynamic. They had what they called a dynamic obstacle. A robot went in a room. And they literally dropped some stuff behind it to like block off that entrance. Mm. But our operator didn't want the robot, the robot to keep going. They wanted to back out and go a different path. Um, because he knew further past that room is a dangerous area that had made this spot robot fall repeatedly. Mm. Uh, the issue is he tells it that the robot tries to go back. It sees that it's blocked off. It literally can't because a wall appeared. So it starts exploring the room again and the operator was looking at other things comes back and it's like, why is the robot still exploring this room? I told it to go somewhere else. So the problem we had a couple of times was not clear. There's like a lot of information being thrown at the operator. Right. So trying mm. to clearly display why choices were made to pick one task over another so they can understand what was going on. That's, I think the mm. biggest takeaway from, from our side is like, Hey, I mean, it's not easy. And you wouldn't want that information up all the time because it'd be overwhelming. Mm. But they need to have an option to be able to view that and say, oh, like this is what happened. Now I understand why it did that. It's not uh, an issue so, or it is an issue. It says it did that, but I have like human knowledge that that's wrong. There's something going on. I'm just going to intervene.
2: The communication between the robots and an operator. Yeah, the them-
1: situational awareness is how you could put yeah. it. When there's so mm. much information and it's not just about what the robot's doing, but why it's doing it, right? How how to get mm. that why in a uh, time crunch scenario. This is getting mm. really detailed, though. And I feel like this has gone way past depth of what we should do on a podcast. No, that's good. I mean, audience. this is
2: 90N. You know, that's, We're going for a long time, so... If people are not interested, you know, they can just stop listening, I guess.
1: That's true. That's right? true. But
2: you never know, you know, but maybe <laughs> maybe someone will try to sleep right now. So maybe it's good, you know, slowly <laughs> help them yeah. drift into, you know, uh, wrestling. Like I that's- said,
1: this is probably not easy to imagine, but the they have a lot of YouTube videos up now on the DARPA's YouTube channel. So you can definitely mm-hmm. go see what it is. And I think there'll be some cool stuff, some cool highlights on there. Uh, if you want to mm. get an idea of what these robots actually looked like driving around in these tunnels and whatnot.
2: Mm. Okay, nice. So how did you guys celebrate it after the win? At, well, after the second place win?
1: Uh, we kind of did our celebration before we knew. What we, so we when we finished our run, we got back to the garage and team servers was waiting because they knew at that point that they had scored more than anyone else. And so we were both kind of like, there's like a minute where we were chatting and then they're like, okay. So like, just like, what, what did you get? Right. Cause we wanted to know. Then we found out that we got the same score. So we didn't know for sure who was uh going to win actually until the next mm. day when they had the award ceremony, we basically did our celebrating that night anyway. I think the team overall decided that first or second, we did really well. Um mm. And there were some extra challenges for us, right? Cause main team being in australia most of the core team didn't get over here and we didn't bring as many robots as we would have ideally wanted because of those Mm. limitations so i think a lot of people initially were like we want to have a good showing but we probably might not be able to contend for the win because we're kind of like handicapped but then so by the you know being able to confirm at least second i think we just celebrated by just like going out that night and some of the guys were definitely yelling we won a million dollars and we beat nasa (laughs) at random people on the street. uh because we knew that those two things were true like we had already beat the co-star team with j you know jpl and nasa so so they were yelling that occasionally around kentucky there were some very confused tourists in kentucky who were like okay <laughs> like these people are weird imagine really
2: our-
1: imagine australian. going like you're in louisville kentucky and this australian starts yelling that they beat all nasa on the sidewalk at like 11 p.m at night okay what would you think <laughs>
2: <laughs> we uh, we we also with Australian accent, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a fun time. You know the shoe. You were on the project. It's a fun time.
2: Yeah. What about? I mean, Sober is also a European team, right? So did they bring their whole full team or no?
1: I think they had. I mean, I didn't get into the details, but it seemed like they had most of their people
2: because uh, uh, I guess Europe is not is as strict as Australia. Right? Yeah, Australia's Australia is been, very strict.
1: Right. I think they're finally either letting up or getting close to because their vaccinations are getting high. But they, you know, there's been a lot of news about how Australia's got had like some very strict things.
2: Yeah. And, uh, yeah. gotcha Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we, have, we could have got more points. So COVID sometimes.
1: We can all, you know, we can always point, you always have an excuse for something that's not within your control that totally cost it, right?
3: You know, I
1: I think, I mean, you never, anything could have happened, but I think with one more platform, one more robot to send in, we would have had Mm. a much better chance at getting, you know, probably several more points, right? Yeah. Maybe that makes Mm -hmm. a difference. Maybe something catastrophic happens and that robot ends up actually hurting the team. You know, anything's possible.
2: Gotcha. Cool.
1: All right. That's the last... DARPA SUPTIE challenge.
2: Yeah, a few last questions for you. And I, well, I guess uh, just last two questions. What do you think is the best lesson for you, I guess, from this sub challenge competition?
1: Hmm. So, I mean, this is going to be kind of technical related, but I think the, one of the big, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I've learned on the project, but one lesson I think I took away is debug visualization. So,
3: hmm.
1: I mean, most people who do code, they know that building in ways to debug your code is important, um, you know, ways you can see what's happening on the inside. And we have that in ways that can output data and saves data about what's going on. So afterwards you can analyze and say like, oh, you know, it made this choice because of this reason, you know, was that a mistake or was it just something we didn't notice? But I think trying to make a live tool for visualizing that is something I didn't prioritize personally. And in hindsight, it would have been really good because, well, one, when you need to make, you know, at the end of a project, when you need to show people what you did, it looks cool, right? If you make a good visualization, it's an easy way to generate content to show other people. And if you're anyone in engineering or science, at some point, you have to show other people your work for it to matter. But also, I think that would have led naturally to better ways to visualize what's going on and why for the operator maybe not the same detail or the exact same as the debug visualization but
3: mm.
2: i think
1: it would have led to similar ideas like hey this could be useful for them to be able to see when they're actually running it um so the next so how's that
2: how's that debug visualization differ from a like communication situation awareness to an operator
1: i mean it's it's uh Well, debug visualization isn't something that's necessarily intended for the operator to use, right? Mm. So it's, in debug usually means like it's not something for normal operation, but when you're trying to figure out what's going on, Mm. Um, so making, but making those tools as like an investment, like it takes time and effort to do that, right? Uh, Mm. Write up that code and create it, but I think it's something that would have paid off and like my next project, I'm going to make that a priority, right? Like, I mean, if it's something simple, mm. right, you can have it print out text on a com- screen and you can just read the text. But if you have something that's get- once something starts to get more involved or intricate, say, hey, it might be helpful to really visualize this to make it easier to, you know, interpret what's going on at a glance.
3: Mm. Okay, okay. This is
1: a very specific technical lesson. Uh, I don't have a clever yeah. way to spend... Robot competition Any until life lessons. lessons.
2: <laughs> what about land pedigo lessons? Uh,
1: yeah, right. Like some sort of life lesson to take from underground robot teams. Um...
2: <laughs> what's your? I guess what's your most? Uh, I guess uh, what do you call that experience? I guess what do you like most about it? I guess maybe about the competition, the challenge.
3: I did like... you know? what I
2: mean, what's your? If you somewhere how do you like it? How do you how do you like your involvement and what's
1: your so I what I like most is uh was working with the Syro team so mm. you know I started this project as a graduate student a PhD and as we've talked about before on the show um, PhDs spend a lot of time working by themselves in the lab uh, mm. and being able to just work with a team of people who are mm. good uh, very good and like learn from them and work with them it was very nice like mm. you learned a lot you're able to do so much more. There's just times when on your own you might get the deal with an issue for hours and hours but when you have like a team you can like ask someone and they can help you resolve it much quicker with much less effort. Um and it's just more fun. Like it's more enjoyable working with other people than doing things on your own. So I think hmm. that was that was the part I liked best after many years of basically solo research. It was nice yeah.
2: reading writing papers and doing all that stuff. <laughs> yeah.
1: And the Australian team they're all really friendly and nice very uh you know enjoyed working with them a lot so it's good i mean any job really enjoying the people you work with is going to be a big point part that makes you you know happy or not happy at your job so
2: yeah i still remember the when i was traveling to australia for the project uh right before like in atlanta airport right, i was leaving right and then people were announcing oh we are just describing oh and how nice Australian people are, and we are super nice and stuff like that. And then she realized that we talked too much about Australian and make it sound like Americans are really not nice, people. You know? So we had to add that something in the end. Like, oh, Americans are very nice too, but, you know, we are just, anyway, we tried to speak <laughs> bit, but, you, know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She's like, yeah, she's yeah, nice the Australians are.
3: <laughs> Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, then that's, that's one one my, biggest uh, I guess uh, what I like most about working on a project too so the people and also interesting stuff so yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah oh. if you're going to get a job with people you like doing something that's interesting I mean what more can you ask for right I mean I guess you can ask mm-hmm. for enough money that it doesn't like you're not poor if you get all three of those <laughs> things you're good probably keep that job <laughs> yeah yeah
2: cool I yeah. think that's a, all right
1: well this podcast good. has gone pretty long now. As you can see, my cats are starting to get anxious
3: because
1: mm. they want dinner. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll call well, it there on Dark Before we T. go, no, I have to
2: talk about I actually just went to Niagara Falls yesterday.
1: <laughs> Niagara Falls? <laughs> well, I yeah. thought you were bouncing between Atlanta and California.
2: No, I'm in, I'm in Syracuse next week.
1: That's right. You did tell us that. Sorry, sorry.
2: Yeah.
3: How was Syracuse, Niagara Falls? Syracuse,
2: I think mean, New York is like, Two and a half hours from, from Niagara Falls. So I just drove there yesterday.
1: Mm. How was it? Worth it?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's good. I I wish I stay overnight. I guess because uh, yeah, it was uh, I, it was very majestic. I guess the Nepal the fall and stuff and just amazing. I guess yeah.
0: You can't cross the border, right?
2: I can. Oh, yes, yeah. I can. Yeah, I can, but I, I my passport. Let's still stupid. My passport is still being renewed. I send in like three, almost like six, six months now. No, no, four months now, and I supposed to get it back in twelve weeks, but I still haven't got it back. So huh. I cannot travel across the border. Huh. And however, I wish I could because across the border. These are these tall buildings in Toronto and these uh these uh, incredible right across from on the American side. You can see these tall buildings. And on the building he says casino.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I was right. like, fuck, I, I should go there and play some poker, you know. So but I cannot go because but now I know next time I will stay in a Canadian hotel. And when I go to Niagara Falls, also on the Canadian side, looks way much nicer. Like very nice skyscrapers. You know, just look the street looks very like very nice too. Like clean stuff like that. And American side is a little bit, beefy, So
0: <laughs> no, the Canadian side is better.
2: It is better. Yeah.
0: Wow, um, you guys! Oh, you you have no pride in mine? your country. Oh yeah, I I stayed in Niagara Falls for a while. Like or, you know like for
2: what? Like, Oh wait.
0: When? when I was young, when? like I have nineteen, eighteen. Uh, oh. Well, you grew up not so far. It's an eight hour ride from Massachusetts. Oh. So it, it was it was a ride, but it was uh yeah, it is drivable. Montreal was only five, so mm. Montreal was I've been to Montreal like three times, but Toronto So you agree
2: was. the the Canadian side is much nicer.
0: Well yeah, I mean that well the Canadian side is Toronto. <laughs> Yeah. So it's like one of their premier cities, whereas like the American okay. side is just like Niagara Falls.
2: Gotcha, <laughs> mm, so. gotcha. Got yeah, I, I was like, why can't the American side just copy whatever the <laughs> Canada is doing, right? So
1: it's, Yeah, no, it, no one wants to live on the northern border of their country, neither the Canadians nor the Americans, right? Wow. The Canadians go as far south yeah. as they can. Yeah. And uh but
2: Canadian, they get nicer. Oh yeah, like it, it's south south for well, them. I should say. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. If you live in northern Canada, it's, you're frozen. I, <laughs> I saw do, a statistic I so, once.
1: Yeah. I was going to say. I think I heard ninety percent of Canadians live within a hundred miles of the U.S. border. Wow. So, and I mean, they goes a lot more than a hundred miles up, right? They got a lot of Arctic wilderness up there. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and as big as. US land mass, right? So. But it's all
1: concentrated. Yeah.
2: And the border and a US border. That actually yeah. makes
0: sense because Montreal's within an hour of the border. Toronto's right across the border. Then, like, mm. Winnipeg. I, I feel like Vancouver may be a little bit above the west. I, I don't know how far up it is, but it may be mm. a little bit, not got right it. at the border.
3: <laughs> got to, got to. Yeah. Sounds good.
1: You should double, you know, always feel free to double check facts that, you know, someone read on the internet once upon a time, some number of years ago, but it seems legitimate. Doesn't seem that far off, at least.
0: Mm, Yeah. Well, the big cities I can think of check boxes. Yeah, one thing, one thing I was Oh, no, Vancouver's right next to
1: Seattle or right next to the border. Yeah.
0: Okay, then all four are. So there you go.
1: Like
2: Poland, right? Poland, Oregon, Oregon, and all this stuff, Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, one anyway. thing I was surprised about Niagara Falls is uh, actually Nikola is very, really associated with that Nikola Tesla.
1: Oh, doesn't don't they generate power there?
2: I think so. Like, AC power, that's what what they try. What Nikola Tesla tried to do, right? I think so. Yeah. So yeah and, then, yeah, and yeah, and AC of course changed the world, right? So that's one of the movie they show like how AC like started in Niagara Falls in the U.S. like in the Niagara Falls, and it's just like light up the whole world basically <laughs> mm.
1: yeah so much of the like basic technology for generating and distributing power was created by tesla yeah. well you know the you know the story of thomas edison right and the current wars
2: yeah yeah thomas edison doing some really crazy shitty like not shitty like very sketchy stuff to get tesla's ac power like uh kind of shown that dc is better or something you know right but
1: dc's uh, you know for people who aren't electrical electrical engineers dc power is not better it wouldn't work large scale it wouldn't be able to transmit a lot of power long distance but yeah thomas edison like electrocuted animals in the street using ac to try to show how dangerous it is despite the fact that dc power could also (laughs) electrocute and kill animals
2: yeah uh, he's kind of a scummy guy yeah, I, I mean, when we are growing up, we always heard, you "Oh, know, Tom Edison, you know, he's a genius and stuff like that." But when you, but I guess he's a better businessman than Nikola Tesla because I think Edison got re- rich, right? And then actually, Nikola Tesla like died poor, so like yeah, Tesla really was destitute. a
1: a visionary engineer and scientist. Edison was a smart yeah. businessman.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, but either way, Tesla. I think right now. Testar is way more well-respected than Anderson. So.
1: Yeah, he has this car company that's huge. <laughs> <All> right, bad <laughs> jokes, bad jokes. <laughs> yeah, it is bad jokes. All right, sorry. sorry. But still,
2: he's yeah, paying respect to him, so that's good.
1: Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, unless anyone has any other topics, I think we should call it for there. Sounds good. Chuto club.